This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of All Possibilities is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. Have you ever wanted to quit your job with nothing lined up to travel the world and reconnect with yourself? Meet Lynn Gway, who worked in communications and government relations, who recently did just this. You'll hear about a purpose reading that I did for her three years ago when I was first starting out in my purpose coaching business. For those of you who don't know, when I do these readings, I channel five to six pages of text and images about your soul's purpose and aspects to focus on and bring out into the world. You'll hear how the reading planted seeds to help Lynn reflect on her career, and you'll also hear some helpful tips if you're pondering your own career moves. Now Lynn is head of communications for Lumia, a fashion tech company. She became a certified yoga teacher and is launching a podcast called Rock the Boat that shares the stories of Asian Americans charting unconventional career paths. Welcome to the All Possibilities podcast. I'm your host, Julie Chan, intuitive life purpose coach and founder of Being My Purpose. Together, let's embark on a discovery of all possibilities. Lynn, it is so great to have you in the studio and speaking with me today. There's so much I want to ask you. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a long time. So Lynn and I knew each other from, I feel like a former life, but this was when we were both working um, for the city in New York. And a lot has happened in her life since then. And she's also uh, one of my clients. So she uh, did a purpose reading with me. So it's been, I think, three years since we really connected on how that reading went and how it has impacted you. So for me, this is really exciting because I'm not only reconnecting and hearing everything that has happened in your life so far, but also in the context of uh, something that I find really impactful for, for myself. So I'm like, ooh, I'm excited to hear more. So, so Lynn, let's start off by having you share, you know, how how you got to be doing what you do now kind of walk us through what inspired you to um, be pursuing what you're pursuing in your career. Hmm. How long do we have? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. And similarly, I'm really happy to have the chance to sort of look back on this reading and reflect on uh, the impact that it's had on me. Uh, I don't think I've really been able to take the chance to think about how the seed was planted and how it's transpired over the past few years. But when I really look back on when everything sort of started, it was right around the time when I had this first purpose reading that uh, three years ago that, um, I really started to think about what I was really, not to get too deep, but what I was really brought to this earth to do. And it was around that time that you and I connected. We were both at EDC. And, and I was... the uh, Economic Development Corporation for, yes. for those in the city who, who know about city government. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not the Electric Daisy Carnival. <laughs> it's different. Uh, very different. But... Uh, yeah, so we were both working there, working for the city. I was in a marketing role at the time, and um, I'd been in it for about uh, a year and a half, almost two years, starting to get a little antsy, not feeling like I was really growing and fulfilling my potential. Um, and then I learned about the purpose readings that you were doing. And so just more out of like curiosity, uh, I asked you about them, and we scheduled a time to meet and I, I really didn't know what to think about it. Um, I think a lot of the things resonated me resonated with me in a very foundational way. Uh, my purpose, if you don't mind me sharing, um, you revealed to me was to be whole. 
which sounds kind of abstract. Like, of course, I want to be a whole person. Uh, but as I really dug deeper um, into the sort of larger themes of finding connection with others, deep connection with others, finding deep connection with myself, and then finding connection with possibility, I realized that those were elements that I was craving for that in my current situation at the time, I wasn't really getting. And so you offered various tips on how to find those deeper connections in those ways. And I think while they didn't all instantly happen, um, it planted the seed for me to start thinking about the ways and the shifts I need to make in my life to make it happen and to find that deeper connection. So many things have happened since then. Um, I ended up moving into a different role at EDC within the Government and Community Relations Division, which was a an incredible experience. I learned so much about myself, about the city, um, and then just learned a lot in general in general about um, a different realm of government that I hadn't worked in. Uh, it was also quite possibly some of the two most stressful years of my life. Uh, but if I really look back on it, making that shift and putting myself in an uncomfortable position such as that, I think is what really led me to then make all these other changes. So um, I was in that role for two years. And then at the end of last year, I decided to quit my job. So leave my city at EDC. And I didn't really know what I was going to do. But I just knew the timing was right. I'd been at EDC uh, between my two jobs in marketing and government community relations for over four years at that point. Um, and I just wanted something new. There were some family things that I wanted to be around for. My health was not at, not at the greatest place. So I just wanted to do all these things to, to sort of connect with myself again. Mm. Um, so it was sort of in line with that one pillar that you mentioned in my purpose reading of finding deeper connection with myself. Mm. And so that journey started end of last year. So uh, I decided to travel for three weeks and went to the furthest possible place I could think of where my imagination could sort of be uh, enlightened, and that was the Middle East. Uh, I went to Dubai, visited a friend there, and then traveled alone to Jordan and Israel. And while all the sights and sounds were wonderful, I think the biggest, most transformative part of that experience was just having time to myself and being able to connect with myself in an intensely spiritual place like Jerusalem. Uh, and anyway, at the end of those three weeks, I came back to New York, still didn't really know what I wanted to do, uh, but I wanted to be really intentional about what it was I chose to do next. So I continued to just spend a little bit more time with my family over the holiday, um, visited uh, friends in San Francisco, and then, oh, and then all throughout this time, I was also doing a yoga teacher training. Uh, we met once a month, so I was able to sort of travel and just schedule my time so that I came back um, just to to do the program. And so I think all of this time for self-reflection, what some people may call navel-gazing, mm -hmm. uh, really did me some good. It was, uh, it was uh, a time where I think I uh, maybe suffered a little bit from analysis paralysis because I had so much time on my hands uh, that I started sort of like thinking too much about things and not really doing enough, and I was so used to always being so busy mm -hmm. that um, it was also tough for me to just sit and kind of not have a fully packed schedule. And I would waver between these periods where I would, you know, just sit and like sort of wring my hands and be like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Like, why did I put myself in this situation? Why did I quit my job again? It was a fine job, you know, and now here I am, like, not sure of what I want to do. 
And then swing to the other side of the spectrum where I would be um, – I would feel really empowered by all the possibilities and all the opportunities that could be. Uh, I was free. I was free to really explore new things, um, dive deeper into yoga. Uh, I was also learning about blockchain on the side. I was reading a lot. I was writing much more. Uh, and so anyway, I would sort of – bounce back and forth between these two sides of the spectrum. And I think to this day, here I am, uh, nine months since I left my job. I'm actually starting a new full-time job uh, soon, and I'll be um, head of communications at a blockchain wearable tech company called Lumia. Um, Ooh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very excited. Uh uh, but up until now, I've been freelancing, working on a lot of my own side projects, including uh, a podcast of my own with a friend and, uh, you know, teaching yoga and uh, doing freelance projects um, for blockchain companies and uh, writing articles. Uh, so it's been a sort of hodgepodge of things that I've decided to do, and I don't didn't really have a a strategy around it. It was just kind of following my curiosity um, in the last nine months. And I just realized I had to do, um, I had to leave where I was before in order to get to where I am now. You know, and I, I don't, I don't know, like, um, what's that Steve Jobs quote? Like, it's only in looking back that you can connect the dots. Like, I still don't think I've really connected the dots. <laughs> looking back, I'm still kind of like, how did I get here? Everything still seems kind of random. But I do trust that there are pivotal moments um, that have brought me exactly to where I am now. And um, that's really powerful. But at a certain point, you do have to make decisions such as, you know, leaving your current job or following a curiosity, turning a page that hasn't been turned before, you know, to advance. And so for me, um, going back to your question of how I've gotten to where I am now, uh, it's just been a series of those moments. And uh, I can't discount the significance of each of those moments. Thank you so much for sharing your journey in that way, because even though it may sound random, you were led by your sense of curiosity. And I think that's something that a lot of people who are maybe in a job and they don't they haven't even, you know, made the decision yet to leave and they want to be doing all these things that you just mentioned, they I I think people will f resonate with what you've shared because a lot of people are in that boat. Mm. Okay. Coming up, you'll hear about one of the images in Lynn's purpose reading and what she thought about it then and how it resonates with her now after the journey that she's been through. Do you have a story or a comment you'd like to share? I'd love to hear from you. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. You can also connect with me directly at my own website, beingmypurpose.com. Welcome to Hashtag Moms Got This. Get your mom life fix four days a week. I'm Michelle Park. And I'm Stacey Eagle. Together, we chatted up with a new boss mom each week about her journey and why she's got this. Make sure to subscribe and show us some love on iTunes, Google Play, and wherever the best podcasts are found. And remember, mom's got this. <laughs> Three years ago, I did this purpose reading for you, Lynn, and uh, one of the images, which I remember the time when it came channeled through to me, I really loved all the detail that came out and what it could mean, and I was 
very curious to see how how it resonated with you then and also what it could mean for your future. So what I'm going to do is read um, portions of that particular image and then just kind of allow yourself to be kind of back in your shoes. I think we were sitting in a restaurant at that time too. So just allow those images to absorb in the same way for you. And then I'll ask you afterwards, how does this resonate with you now? Okay, so the reading says... You saw her standing in the middle of a gigantic hall surrounded by books. It felt like a library with thousands upon thousands of books from floor to ceiling, more knowledge than you could possibly imagine. It was like the type of library that heaven might have, entirely expansive, filled with light, and filled with so much information about everything. It filled her spirit knowing that there is so much to learn and things she didn't think was possible that others had already written about. The next image was of her in another library, this time in a different country and culture. The decor was different. It felt very much old and dusty, yet regal and highly respected. She was surrounded again by books in a different language, and it felt like a whole other world of information was at her fingertips. The next image was of another library. She was in a small town. This time it was almost like a cottage filled with books, and it told the stories of people and a way of life that she didn't know about. The next image was of another library, this time of a young boy in his home, who held his two treasures, two books that he holds onto for dear life. He views these books as his ticket to freedom, to imagination, to different worlds, to possibilities that he is not able to attain yet in his physical reality. These images could keep continuing, but the message was clear. These libraries and knowledge represent possibilities. So I'll stop there, and the the purpose reading continued on uh, for for a while about connection and possibilities. Um, but I wanted to see, you know, back when you first got the reading, how it resonated with you. And then now, like hearing it again for the second time, what it bubbles up for you, like thoughts, emotions, now that you've kind of traveled the world and you've kind of gone through all of these um questions for yourself and now are creating something new too in terms of like the podcast that you mentioned before yeah it's a really beautiful image um the way that these various libraries and different settings are described is just it, it's such beautiful imagery uh so i remember thinking that when i first heard it and I was about to embark on some travel then as well, I remember distinctly. So right when we did the purpose reading, I was actually about to go on a mission trip to India um, that November. And so when it talks about going to a different country where the decor is different, old and dusty, yet regal and highly respected, I remember I instantly thought like, oh, India, something lies there. Um, and I've always been a big, uh, bibliophile lover of books. So obviously that part also resonated with me, but I, I didn't really know what that meant for me in terms of my, in terms of possibilities or future. I mean, I think, uh, it says this itself in the reading that, um, books and information and stories, all of those represent possibilities. Um, but the possibilities are endless and in a way it can almost seem sort of overwhelming. Like, you know, there's no possible way you can read all of these books. Um, and then in another sense, I actually thought of uh, the image as a metaphor for the internet, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is just a rabbit hole of information. Um, if you, you can just go from link to link to link to link to link, um, which I've definitely found myself caught in at times. 
So that was kind of my impression then. And to be honest, now, three years later, I'm still not quite sure what that means. I think in many ways I've started exploring and digging deeper into the power of story, my own story, and the story of others through the podcast. So the podcast project that I'm working on in which the seeds were beginning to uh, be planted when we did the reading, it's called uh, Rock the Boat, and it's a project that my co-host Lucia and I um, are working on because we were curious about how people um, charted new sort of unconventional paths um, in their careers not just in their careers, personally and professionally. So uh, we started interviewing a lot of people, including you, um, people who have taken leaps of faith and, you know, started um, exploring more unconventional career paths. And uh, what we discovered is that uh, everyone's story is different but there's something to be learned from each of those stories. So in some ways, now that I've gone through dozens and dozens of those interviews since that purpose reading, um, I see that there is something to be gleaned from all these different stories. You know, what's going to be made of it? I don't know. I don't know where the podcast is going to go. We're about to release our first season next month. So we'll see what sort of um, effect it has on people. But at least for me, uh, talking to various individuals about their own career paths, um, it's been extremely informative and inspiring and encouraging. Um, and I hope that we can share that possibility, um, as a window for others to peek through, uh, for others. So yeah, I th th that's what comes to mind now and mm -hmm. I think only time will tell. Maybe in another 3 years um I'll have another interpretation of it. Mm. Well, what was interesting was back in the day I definitely saw the power of stories as a really integral part of what fills your spirit and so when you then like a couple years later talked to me about the podcast I was like of course that's just complete <laughs> to me it makes complete sense and um, I don't know if you it, you specifically interview Asian Americans right correct I don't know if you had mentioned that yet but there's something so powerful about how knowledge and just the idea that someone else has charted that path, especially since the, you know, there's there's definitely a stereotype, but also it's kind of reality that that people have a very limited framework for what is possible in their careers, um, especially for Asian Americans, because they're, we're just dealing with all sorts of, you know, pressures and challenges, both from other people and also self-imposed and also in the media. Mm -hmm. So I think there's so much value in what you're doing. I'm curious, what have you learned so far from doing these interviews about um, these people's experiences and how it kind of um, informs your own experience? Yeah. Well, we've learned a lot. And I'm trying to think of some of the key takeaways from the dozens of stories, but I think the first thing that comes to mind is that um, our definitions of success are often crafted by society and external things, right? And for those who have charted their own path, they've in many ways had to redefine what success means to them. Um, to be much more of an internal thing. Um, so I think a big theme that comes out in our interviews is this sort of push and pull between internal and external scorecards. Um, 
And we sort of grow up in society believing that success looks a certain way, you know, and I think this is very common in the Asian American experience as well. Like you get good grades, you do well in school, um, go to a great college and then enter into one of four different career paths like finance, law, medicine, and engineering, and then get a great job, get married, have kids. That's success, right? Um, and then for many who we interviewed, they've sort of done all those things and then realized, wow, that's it? Like, this actually isn't very fulfilling at all. Uh, and then they have to sort of relearn what's or, re- or figure out what success means for them individually um, as a person, apart from all these external things. And that's a huge uh relearning of sorts. So um, in order to do that, you really have to get in touch with yourself and live a life of courage. You have to be courageous enough to be able to uh, drop all those external things and look inward. So that's a big theme that comes out. Um, You know, we also talk to people who are very cognizant of the reality, right? Like you do have to pay the bills and you do have to – you don't want to shirk your responsibility and uh, put your family into financial strain in pursuit of a dream. Um, And then also like at the end of the day, we are social beings, so we do care about what other people think, right? Um, That's a big thing in Asian American culture as well, like filial piety. We know Mm -hmm. that our parents sacrificed a lot for us as immigrants. And so uh, we want to make them proud. And sometimes making them proud means going down one of those four paths. Uh, But uh, despite all those things, there are other ways um, that you can – craft a path that is like meaningful for yourself. Um, And, you know, finding that balance, I think, is often something that comes up. Like our goal through this podcast is not to say like, yeah, go quit your jobs tomorrow and, you know, pursue your dreams and, you know, forget about what other people think. Um, Because the reality is, is that like those things do matter still. Um, But it's about sort of opening a dialogue at least about what is possible and seeing what you can do within your own means, within the circumstances that you're in right now to be able to be happier with your path and your career. Um, And knowing that you have a choice as to how you want to rock the boat. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that's how it ties back to our name, Rock the Boat. Um, Rocking the Boat is really about... Um, making waves, not in a way where you're necessarily like totally pushed overboard, um, but, you know, just having fun with your life, right? And um, I think a lot of us in the Asian American community uh, have been lucky to live a very, have a relatively smooth sailing course so far, but that's not an adventure, you know? Um, how do we find ways to make the adventure a little bit more, uh, rocky, a little more bumpy, yet still be able to survive to tell the story? Um, that's the way I like to think of it. So yeah, it's just a collection of stories and, uh, I'm not sure if I answered your question at this point, but, um, that's just, uh, so far what we've discovered. And I think there's so many more stories that we have yet to uncover. Um, We want to go past even just the career paths and, and feature people who have rocked the boat in other ways from, you know, rocking the boat in a, in the civic and political landscape to, um, you know, interpersonal relationships, dating, um, romance, uh, you know, across the board, there's so many topics that we can cover. uh, And we want this to be hopefully a platform where we can talk about this and share these stories. So yeah. 
Cool. Well, I'm excited <laughs> to hear more. And it comes at a very timely um, or just like a point in history where it seems like there's well, I haven't watched it yet, but Crazy Rich Asians is a movie that is making a lot of uh, waves and and book and movie. And just in terms of, you know, representation of people of color in Hollywood or in the media, I think the fact that, you know, if you, you can probably count the number of Asian Americans who are making podcasts, too, and hopefully, you know, with you and me, it's on the rise. <laughs> so just having our voices out there and, um, you know, fo following what makes us curious? Yeah. There's one other thing that I want to note because this has been something that I've been trying to grapple with and come to terms with is just what an immense privilege it is to be able to even be able to ask these questions. Um, our first episode on the podcast is called Standing on the Shoulders of Giants. And it really um, it's more about uh, our parents and their stories of coming to the U.S., and when you ask, the interesting thing is when you ask them these questions that we grapple with now, like, oh, what did you want to do with your life? What did you dream about becoming? They don't really have any answers to it. It's like not something that they ever thought about um, because they didn't have much of a choice. It was more like they knew that America had offered something better for them. And so as long as they could get here, they would be happy, you know, and once they got here, it was just a matter of like trying to survive and, you know, put food on the table and, and you know, give opportunities to their kids. And so in many ways, I see like the sacrifices that they've made. Um, that's what allows us this gift of choice um, to determine like what we want to do. And um yeah, it's a huge privilege because I realize that there are many uh, who don't have that choice um, of figuring out what they want to do with their life and, you know, finding their purpose given the circumstances. And so for a long time, I think I've avoided uh, acknowledging that privilege. But now I realize or not not a, not avoiding it, but um, I felt almost ashamed of having this privilege and, you know, embarking on this journey of asking these questions for fear of sounding like too millennial, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which has gotten a little bit of a bad rap these days, right? It's just like, oh, these millennials, like they all they care, they care about changing the world and they aren't practical about it and stuff like that. So in many ways, I've been, I'm very self-conscious of it. But I also realize that I need to own who I am at the end of the day, and I have been given a lot, and I have this privilege to be able to take time off to think about what I want to do, and that is a gift, but it's also a responsibility, and I hope that um, through things like Rock the Boat and other projects that I work on that um, I'm able to allow others to be able to ask those questions in, in meaningful, thoughtful ways. So um, that's just something I wanted to add on because I think um, it's easy for us to like spew these phrases like live out your purpose and, you know, uh, you know, be passionate about what you do. But um, I also want to acknowledge that it is an immense privilege to people to do so. And I don't take that gift lightly. Coming up, Lynn will try to explain blockchain to me. And you'll also hear about how her yoga teacher training impacted her life. Are you interested in getting your own intuitive reading? Are you wondering how you can align more with your purpose? I offer introductory sessions to my Discover Your Purpose readings and coaching. As part of the All Possibilities community, you get 10% off the intro session. You get a one-on-one -on -one phone call with me where I'll do an assessment of your life and give you an intuitive reading on the highest guidance for you at this time. You'll get actionable steps that you can get started on to create the life you want. Just use All Possibilities 2018 as the promo code. 
That's all possibilities 2018. Visit beingmypurpose.com for more information on my services. Lynn, you mentioned that you were having kind of side projects in the blockchain field, and then you're starting a new job uh, in a blockchain-related company. I'm not familiar with blockchain at all, so what what inspired you or what excites you about blockchain? Mm. What is it, first of all, and also what excites <laughs> you about it? All great questions. I still haven't found a, a really great way to define blockchain. Uh, I get that question so much. Because um, everyone talks about it. It's like the, the word that's just dropped everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the simplest way to describe it is that it's a decentralized peer-to-peer network. So um, really the goal of blockchain is to be able to remove any intermediaries um, that are involved typically between transactions. So you think of any financial transaction, the bank is always that third-party institution that verifies that transaction is secure. And this isn't to say that we're trying to eliminate banks or governments or all third-party institutions, but it's a way of automating trust because essentially that's the reason why third-party institutions exist. They're there um, to ensure that something is legitimate. And if you can automate that component, um, you really sort of create a more frictionless transaction that is much more efficient. So um, I'm fascinated by this idea because I see all these inefficiencies in our system. I mean, I think it started from working in city government, not to not to point fingers, but just generally, you know, our our, our systems. I mean, systems exist for a reason, but. Um, at the core of everything is just that you have these transactions and the 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 quicker that you can um, make those transactions go through, um, the much more seamless our society can operate. And um, the the way the blockchain works is th- through these um, uh, through these relationships that are set up through a smart contract. And so that smart contract is essentially code that um, will automate trust, like I said, and ensure that the instant one party agrees to something and uh, signs to a contract, that it doesn't rely on having to get approval through another party to then signify like, okay, this transaction can go through. It is all because it's coded into this agreement. Um, it can instantly um, uh, be initiated. So I don't know if that really answers your question, but for me, that has been a helpful framework mm-hmm. Um and just thinking of it as peer-to-peer and automating trust in a way. So the job that I do now, blockchain is actually isn't our core uh, proposition. Um, we are more of a technology company um, that uh, makes soft, flexible circuitry. Um, so we sell soft, flexible circuits that go into um, – they have a lot of different applications – Primarily now we are embedding them into textiles. So your clothing, these circuits have the ability to heat and sense and collect data if you so wish. Um, That's where the blockchain component comes in. So um, when these circuits collect data, um, the data will then be stored on the blockchain Um, But that's an iteration that is several years down the road. We are certainly not putting that to market yet. Um, But at the end of the day, I think what fascinates me about uh, the company, which is called Lumia, and just in general, the world of blockchain and the direction that technology is going in, is that um, it it is creating a world where technology is much more like nature. Um, and I'll explain that that analogy. But nature is 
ubiquitous. It's seamless. Like when you go outside into um, a park or you go and observe just the way our world operates, like Mother Nature, it is all seamless. And um, it operates in the background uh, so easily. Like we don't even realize that right now the Earth's is, Earth is spinning and um, – you know, uh, the cycles just go through, like, the seasons. Um, it just operates on this clockwork. And similarly, technology should be the same, where it's not clunky, where you're not, like, frustrated with this system not being set up appropriately. Like, it's – and I think to date, technology has been somewhat um, – it definitely has made our lives easier, but we're also very much attached to screens. And we live in a very, like, screen-inundated world. And I think what I love about Lumia in terms of the this technology being embedded into our everyday clothing and everyday items is that it becomes um, much more seamlessly integrated into our life in a quieter way, you know, where we're not – picking up our phone in the middle of a conversation, um, but our our clothes are doing the work for us in the background, like without us having to, you know, be very obvious about like, be, be very obvious about it. Um, so that's the type of world we're trying to create. But that's, that's my general philosophy on why this stuff is fascinating to me mm-hmm. and why I am generally just very ex- it's it's that curiosity that drew me into learning more about that world. Mm. Um, yeah. And uh, why well, I'm excited about the future. Mm. Fascinating. Fascinating. <laughs> I don't know if that like I clarified that things for you at all or just clar- made, it, made it, it more confusing. It actually was a very, really helpful explanation of how it works and then also like how it then can be applied to really anything, like any any industry. So that that makes a lot of sense to me. Cool. I'm also curious. So you traveled to faraway places. You did a yoga teacher training. How did those things impact you in in just who you are as a person? Hmm. I feel like you're a different person than than like the person at EDC. Yeah, I definitely am. So yoga has been life transforming for me. And I neglected to mention this when I was, I played a small role in my introduction earlier, but yoga has been integral to my life in the last year. So um, I would venture to say that in addition to leaving my job in November, the fact that I was also doing a yoga teacher training during that time was absolutely uh, crucial and um, just helps inform who I am today. So yoga has been my saving grace over the last year. Um, I was – very stressed out and burnt out when I left my job. Um, But the biggest thing about yoga, aside from whatever, all the nimble, flexible poses that you go through and just, you know, I I wanted to do the yoga teacher training because um, it would help me learn more about my body. Um, It was a form of exercise that I enjoyed. But I think beyond all of that, beyond all the physical benefits, biggest thing I learned was just how to breathe. Just so foundational. But it is carried me through into other aspects of my life where um, stress is inevitable, right? And you can get very pent up and anxious about things, but you always have your breath. And yoga, like through all the asanas and sequences, they always remind you like inhale, exhale and um kind of always tuning back into that and so i as i've gone through a lot of change i think that element of breath work 
and paying attention to my breath has been really transformative. And I think it's helped me deal with changes and stress a lot better. I am still a very, very anxious person at times. Um, and I need to constantly remind myself to go back to it. But it's a work in progress. And I think yoga has also helped me be a little bit more forgiving of myself. Like I'm definitely not a I don't I wouldn't call myself a traditional yogi in any sense. Like I um still can't do half of the poses in perfect or near perfect form. I was curious uh, about the teacher trainings. Like do you do you have to perfect them in order to teach? I mean, I think it totally depends on which training you go to. Mm -hmm. There's some studios that are very focused on form and uh alignment. And you do have to, like, take a test and teach a class um, that you're evaluated on before you can get your certification. Um, my studio was much more focused on the philosophical and spiritual elements of yoga, which is where I derive the most value from. So, no, I – for me, my training, like, I can't say that I do everything perfectly, um, not even near perfect – um, but I think much more importantly, what I care about in yoga is create and what I try to do in the classes that I teach now are to create a space for people to feel at home with themselves, um, and create an environment where they can pay attention to their body because that's really what yoga is it's just about being present and tuning into the moment following your breath and um, it's not about like getting each pose in perfect form uh, so that's just been a useful life lesson for me in general um, and I think it's helped me let go of a lot and realize that like it's okay if I don't have all my shit together because no one does and I certainly don't have it all together, you know, on the yoga mat nor outside of life or outside of outside of the mat. So that part has been transformative for me. Um, and then in traveling, I think traveling just has always been great because it exposes you to the world outside of your bubble. We live in a bubble here in New York. Um, I mean, even just going to like my parents, they live in Tennessee. So I would say that even traveling mm -hmm. to Tennessee, um, every couple of months is, uh, is great, you know, because it, uh, helps me, it reminds me that like the world is not New York, right? <laughs> right. Um, there are people who have very different set of life experiences, than we do here. Like, you know, there are people who have a very different set of experiences as us, like, you know, 20 miles away. You don't have to go to far away lands um, to experience um, a different world. Um, you know, there's a different world blocks away from here. So I guess just traveling to other places has reminded me that I can have that same mindset every day um even when i'm like still in the same zip code um because there are all these different worlds all around us all the time if there's one very brief parting word of wisdom that you want to share with our listeners given everything you've shared so far the journey you've been on what you're creating what would it be you know i can't think of anything more original than this but it's really just to not be afraid. And that is incredibly hard to do because when you're afraid, like that fear is very legitimate oftentimes. But I think you have to have the courage to question why you're afraid something to begin with. And that's when real change can happen. Um, and that's when all possibilities really begin to emerge, when you can break past these 
there's external barriers, but then there's also self-imposed barriers. And I think when you're able to break past the fear, those barriers start to come down and then you can really start to see a huge transformation. So yeah, just don't be afraid to question why you're afraid of something. Um, Because what's the worst thing that could happen? Like you fail? (laughs) Yeah, and then from there you just uh, learn to fail again. You fail better. And the more you fail, actually, the quicker you get to... um, discovering what it really is that you need to do. So it's actually not such a bad thing to fail. I like it. (laughs) Keep learning. Yeah. And you'll always have lots of good stories to tell about those failures too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thank you. How can our listeners get in touch with you and learn more about Rock the Boat? Yeah. So... I am on all the social media. I'm actually going through social media sabbatical now in August where I like intentionally unplug myself. But generally I am on Instagram, Twitter. um, And then for Rock the Boat, you can go visit our website at gorocktheboat.com. And then we are on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at rocktheboatnyc. So awesome. Um, yeah. And then and these we'll be episodes releasing... are coming out, right? They'll be coming out end of September. You are invited to the launch party, which we are in the midst of planning. And uh, yeah, really excited to share these stories with everyone. Thank awesome. you. Yeah. You're welcome. Excited. Lynn, thank you so much for being here. I really admire the courage in in how you kind of explored what you were interested in doing. And really, I see a theme of service here, like using these stories and what you've learned to really empower other people. And that's the greatest gift that we can give. So thank you for everything that you do. Thank you. It's been so great talking to you. Yay. (laughs) And for you, think about how you can rock the boat you know, what, what does that mean for you? And um, I'd say use this as a journaling exercise. Rock the boat and then go out and make it happen. I'm Julie Chan, and until next time, be on the lookout for all possibilities. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, and on our website, allpossibilitiesshow.com. This show is produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2018, all rights reserved. No portion of the show may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thank you for joining us. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.